Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we set a new all-time record for dick jokes with special guest Shenny Jardin. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan, it's nice to be here in beautiful Los Angeles. We had a spectacular day today. Mm-hmm. Just one of those days that makes you makes people who like Los Angeles glad they live in Los Angeles. Sure, I noticed that when I went outside. A uh, beautiful day. I, t- I took my dog for a walk, went to physical therapy. Mm. I was in a car accident, I have to do physical therapy oh, every I once in a while. That. You know, it's a new thing. I, I, well, I didn't really have the right health insurance for doing physical therapy previously, back when I got in the car accident. Yeah. So we're doing some catch-up physical therapy. Is that why your dick looks so weird? No, no, that's viral. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it just happened around the time of the car accident. No, I got the virus from the guy who crashed into me. Huh. I should not have made out with him. Yeah, right. That was the big problem, and we also touched dicks. But, you know, in the heat of the moment, sometimes when you have a car accident with someone, and in that moment where they decide, you know what, I'm not going to take your insurance, you want to you wanna say thank you. Jordan, we have <laughs> a guest. bump tips. <laughs> Jordan, we have a guest. Um, uh, here with us, uh, she's uh, the ho- host of Boing Boing TV, uh, one of the uh, famous quatiri of bloggers at boingboing.net. Uh, she has contributed to your radio program, such as your National Public Radio Day Today. Um, she's seen regularly on your Rachel Maddow programs and whatnot. She's seen regular by me every time I fly uh, Virgin America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I watch the Boing Boing videos that come out of the chair. Shenny <laughs> uh, uh, Jardin, welcome to uh, Jordan Jesse Go. It's a pleasure to have you here. Can I leave now? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably best you do. Your work here is done. Your work here is definitely done. Um, you know, I, 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 I have to confess, uh, I, um, uh, sometimes I think about, when I think about the fact that we're having a guest, I think about the guest. And I, Jesse usually does the introductions as kind of the host of the show. He usually does the introductions. But sometimes I like to think of how I would introduce the guest. Uh, for some reason, Jesse keeled over or, you know, got distracted or something. And for some reason, the first thing that jumped to mind uh, was Internet Maven. But then I realized I don't know what Maven means and I don't know if it's <laughs> insulting or not. Maven makes me think that I should have a litter of puppies or at least be yeah. wearing a yeah. sweater vest. It's funny that you mentioned that because my first instinct was to introduce, introduce her as Mavis Beacon. <laughs> oh, because she taught you to type. Yeah. And to keep your fingers on the home keys. You got to stay on those home keys me, or the, your car's going to slow the, down. The definition in my brain is, you know, like a real class act, kind of like a classy, like a classy dame. When in fact it's a woman who has puppies. Sure. <laughs> a woman who gives a woman. It's birth. from Middle English. One of them is walking around the studio now. If you're following us on Ustream, you may have seen yeah. me clutching this puppy to my breast, as oh, it were. What a puppy, That's too. That's your huh? personal puppy yeah. that you've. And my, and my personal breast. Sure. <laughs> I, I really it's appreciate some rented breast. That's, you know, uh, Shani, we have, we have a lot of comedians on this show, a lot of. Uh, not today. A lot mm. of these. A lot of these young, a lot of these young people that don't. I feel like they don't show the 
Uh, they don't show our program the respect it deserves. They'll come in wearing something like, I don't know, like some, just some brown shorts and a Fuel TV t-shirt and some uh, flip-flops. These are shants. <laughs> <laughs> aren't just shorts. These are shants. What, um, what is a shant? A uh, short pant. Okay. Yeah. No, these aren't, they don't, they're not cut like a short. It's a short pair of pants. Wait, what's the difference between cut like a short and not cut like a short? I mean, it's not billowy. Like if, if they continued... <laughs> If they continued like they are, You're it would just be of, a, like a pair of pants. Are you just thinking of sails? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> like on a clipper ship. No, Jesse, I was on the crew team. I know the difference. Between. <laughs> uh, no, no, these are, a different, these are a different animal. This isn't like a pair of shorts. Not that it makes me any more well-dressed. I mean, I'm still poorly dressed, but... But I'm, I'm still, I'm still keen on learning about... And we'll get to Shenny and why I brought this up in a second. But because they're not billowy. Right. So is that... Yeah. When when you're wearing shorts, would you say that they typically billow? Sure. Not just when... I mean, when there's a breeze. When you're... Or when you're walking over one of those Marilyn Monroe grates. Yeah. Um, Yes. No, but these are... These are... are, I did not do this to them, but this is in the style of if you would have cut off a pair of pants at the knee and and sewn them up and hemmed them. I'm looking at that hem right there. You're right. That is... That looks like... uh, That looks like someone who did did their own hemming. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to look kind of a homemade, kind of maybe like kind of punk rock vibe to it. So to be charitable, a lot of these comedians come in here as guests. They have a what what Jordan would call a punk rock vibe. A shant. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> now, in contrast, Jenny, I'm pretty sure that you're headed off to dinner with the president of Bolivia. Like I, that, I, that. My skirt came from Tibet. I can tell you that. Oh. It's not a joke. Okay. I so bought she, it, I bought it in Tibet for like three bucks. She has a it's Tibetan. You have a, a shrug. You have a, some kind of a satin shrug. Yeah. You're wearing a satin shrug. Worms shat this out for me. It is so <laughs> Congratulations. So, you have, so, you can, so what you're saying is you can command insects it's with not, like your it's mind? Not, or? It's not strictly vegan, but I only wear fecal products from animals. So I oh, imagine okay. for a moment. That's a good policy. I imagine Shenny at Boing Boing TV headquarters, like sitting in a, um, sitting in, in like a throne, mm-hmm. you know, that's reserved for the host of Boing Boing TV. And uh, did you see the Peter Serafinowicz interview? Because actually that's exactly <laughs> yes. how we shot it. <laughs> uh, I have not seen this. Would you describe this to me? Are you actually on a throne? Yes. Wow. <laughs> so when... there's these two, there's these two like, um, uh, Boxer Rebellion carved Chinese chairs that are part of our set, and they there was a period in in that period of, of like Chinese art and design history where they were emulating grotesquely baroque European furniture and and ornament styles. So what you have are these like Chinese dragons and peonies, but they're carved like. Louis the Fourteenth, you know, vomited them out. <laughs> beautiful mahogany wood, and the, 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 the problem the best, was he was eating too much mahogany. The, the sure. best way to sort of test a guest's self confidence when they come onto our set is to say, "Go ahead, you know, sit in the throne." <laughs> and some people just feel that they're not worthy. It's like a Darwinian process of self-selection. And others, they just plop right down. Serafinowicz is on his shit. He's not fucking around. I'll have you know that he corrected me on the spelling. It's Serafinowicz. Serafinowicz. Wow. Serafinowicz. And I've been saying it's Serafinowicz for a long time. But it's Peter Serafinowicz. 
Yep. Rhymes, rhymes with bitch. And weirdly, this that guy in my elementary school, it was Doug Olszewski. Olszewski. You'd think it would be Olszewski, but it was Olszewski. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, he, he, we did an interview with Peter Serf in a witch. I, I imagine Shenny in that throne just saying, what have the worms shat out for me today? <laughs> <laughs> Bring me my worm shats. <laughs> I make smoothies. Yeah, right, from the sure. Worm poops. sure. Something, um, something really important happened to me uh, the other day um, that I felt like I, it was so important that I share it with you guys on the show. That that was this. I was in San Francisco, the beautiful city of San Francisco, the jewel of the Nile, as it is known. <laughs> and uh, I was in this great restaurant called Breakfast at Tiffany's. And Breakfast at Tiffany's is. Uh, I don't know what images the name suggests in your mind. Glory hole. Um, <laughs> this is a that's a functioning glory hole, right? This yeah. Breakfast so activities. it's it's in um, my dad lives in sort of the the southern part of San Francisco um, in the Excelsior District. It's in sort of the yeah, you, I guess you you could potentially call it the outskirts of the Excelsior District. But this is a lower middle class. Um, uh, significantly uh, Asian-American and African-American neighborhood. This is uh, uh, a, a real, like, not, not necessarily what you picture when you think San Francisco. It's not a bunch of Victorians and stuff. And uh, this place is just the greatest fucking place. It's basically, like, it, it, it's basically just they only make home fries. Like, it's just home fries and just various sausages mixed with eggs just it's really only exclusively griddled foods there's no they don't give you even a half a banana with your thing it's just a pile of potatoes my dad ordered something that was like just potatoes fried with eggs fried with ham fried with sausage so where do you stick your dick then (laughs) i'm confused (laughs) in the on the griddle yeah. Okay. This is Yeah. So it's All right. <laughs> this is this it's that it's, It would explain the virus. Yeah, right. I know. Like out, it's a outs- griddle base to transferred. <laughs> like it's just like uh, all, the only thing on the walls is sort of like uh grease covered pictures of patrons like just not even like 8x10s or something like that, but just 3x5 you know, Walgreens photographs of patrons from Wait, 15 no, no, no. years are, ago. It has nothing to do with Walgreens. That's like the size of those erotic massage specialists in the back of CD magazines. So right. We're getting back yeah, yeah, to... Yeah, uh, yeah. sure, so sure. This is uh, they have Jordan's theory. Clearly a sex front. I mean, it's a, I would say overall, I mean, given hash all these browns, things... Is that what it, the kids are calling it these days? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. browns. You get the old hash brown special. Spectacularly erotic Sausages, place. huh? Yeah. But something slightly... Breakfast, A. <laughs> well, something that's not necessarily... Something slightly erotic happened which is uh, that uh i was i was seated at this table it's not a big place pretty small place and um this guy is headed out the door he kind of looks like um like exhibit is really muscly uh but he looks a little bit like exhibit if exhibit was like five six and kind of let himself go a little bit yeah like if <laughs> 15 pounds or 20 pounds overweight like not fat sure but a little bit, just not not a guy who hosts a television show, and he just a little bit of a broader, blockier head. But he, he had he had he had braids, you know, like really intense braids uh, down to about his chin. He's headed out the door, and then he turns back around and he says, "Folks," he just addresses the whole restaurant. <laughs> 
in a completely coherent. I want to be clear, this was not a crazy person. Because when <laughs> clear, I start yeah, describing this... Clear speaking voice. I, yeah, this guy, I don't want people to think that this was a crazy guy because he was clearly not a crazy and all of this was absolutely coherent and incredibly delightful and charming and intentional. He turns back and he says, Folks, I was about to go. But before I go... I just want to say something to all the ladies in here right now. <laughs> wow. You guys have a happy Valentine's Day. See ya. And he just walks out the door. Wow. <laughs> it was spectacular. one of the best things that's ever happened to me in my life. I felt like, I mean, obviously I'm not a lady. I'm a fella. But <laughs> sure. I felt like but you I felt had, kind of fucked. Like yeah, in a good I way. I felt like I had just had great sex with this uh, with this oh slightly overweight short exhibit figure. Wow. You should have followed him out the door. He probably probably just vertically leapt up and kept <laughs> flying away. I I felt like I felt like maybe I should just go out the door and just give him twenty bucks and say, "Hey, for your troubles, great work." Sure. <laughs> I, you know I and maybe I'm and maybe I'm I'm. Uh, cynical or maybe i'm uh, i but what was jordan if there's one word any of us would use to describe you it's cynical sure what but i don't know is there an ulterior motive here what was he trying for like what was he just like you know what i'm gonna brighten all the ladies day or i'll tell you what it reminded me of okay once I went to see a... Uh, it also, seems like it's the start of a con. Also, That's what I'm saying. I think it's the start of a long con. Also on Valentine's Day, uh, uh, I went to see Prince in San Francisco maybe f- five years ago with my uh, uh, then-girlfriend, now-wife, Teresa. And uh, we were waiting in line outside the Fillmore, and it was one of those situations where, you know, the Fillmore is first come, first served. It's, uh, it's not assigned seating or anything. Mm. It's open floor. We wanted to, you know, get as close as we could to Prince and um, hopefully touch dicks. And uh, yeah, so we were waiting. Well, certainly my wife doesn't have a penis, Jordan. She's a woman. Sorry. Um, so we're waiting outside the Prince concert and we're behind all the people. We're towards the front of the regular people. Prince had, had maybe still has a fan club, which costs a lot of money to be in like 200 or $300 a year. But one of the, one of the treats you get is that you get, uh, you get first crack at Prince tickets. So they had all gotten first crack at Prince tickets, but because there were no assigned seats, it didn't really mean anything. So they got to go first in line. So if you were in the New Power Club or whatever it was called, you got to be first in line. So we're right behind all these, frankly, weird Prince people. And I love Prince, but Prince's princiest princers are really princey. How, what? Are, how are they weird? What, yeah, yeah, what I'm, defines I'm their weirdness? They just have a little bit of a wild look in their eyes. Um, they're the kind of people who, who don't have a... a who, for whom Prince is is their emotional rock? Well, I guess I'm looking for more. Okay, for instance, uh, uh, the Pixies did a reunion show recently in uh, L.A. a couple months back, and I drove by the venue, uh, and the line was uh, composed entirely of Kevin Smiths. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Is there an equivalent? Do you? Is there? A, this- These we're talking largely about. Um, we're talking. Women and homosexuals of every race, largely between the ages Homosexual. of... Homosexual? I didn't know that Prince was a gay thing. Oh, well, 
He's pretty fabulous. Sure, I mean, I, I, mean, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it makes sense, but I guess I just oh, hadn't, had never I mean, heard sh- that before. Sure. Does he hate the gays? Yes, he does. <laughs> He's a Jehovah's Witness. Sure. But is he fabulous? Yes, of course. Um, women and gay guys between 33 and 46 who are – you immediately get the sense that they just don't have a lot going on. And I'm not saying that this is all of Prince fans or it's, even it's, all it's of – It's the entire internet. It's the people, <laughs> it's the people, who, it's the people who pay $300 to be in the club where all it is is that you get to like look at the secret room in Prince's – incomprehensible flash website you you say that like flash is a bad thing <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah what do you got against flash so were you steve jobs there are, yeah what do you hate homestar runner there are there are these these people and they're they're perfectly friendly and frankly i'm certainly preferred them to the drunk white ladies who were there because they couldn't get a date on valentine's day so they decided to go see prince and get really drunk and yell stuff while he's trying to sing songs those people were definitely worse but these people are a little bit weird. And like I said, many passionate Prince fans are totally normal. Our friend uh, Jay Smooth from the Ill Doctrine, huge, huge Prince fan, has all the bootlegs. Not weird at all. Um, so, but this, a lot of these people are weird. You, you know who else is a big fan who's not weird? Anil Dash. Really? Yeah. Oh, internet celebrity Anil Dash. Well, I, I'm I, a big Prince fan. I don't I have, know who that is. I'm not the kind of guy. I don't have all. You actually, I saw that you posted uh, some Prince yes. rehearsal footage, which I had seen. That's how much of a Prince fan I am, but I don't have a collection of bootlegs. I do have Crystal Ball, hmm. uh, but I don't have a collection of bootlegs. I have some bootlegs, but not a vast collection. Hmm. So, uh, anyway, we were, <laughs> we're, waiting, we're waiting in line for the Prince show, and this guy who was one of these people is walking down the aisle, and we're trying to figure out what this guy is doing. He's wearing huge platforms, all purple, head to toe, um, uh, maybe like, a, I don't know, I'd say sort of, sort of like he's really skinny but kind of tall, black guy in his late 30s i would say and um a little weird not super weird outside the fact that he's wearing purple head to toe and giant platforms and we see as he's coming close that he's giving people flowers (sighs) and um he gets to us and he gives my wife a flower it's a rose and he says from one prince fan to another happy valentine's day enjoy the show and then he just keeps going down the line. How beautiful. That's like a Burning Man moment. <laughs> <laughs> what is, yeah. Does that kind of thing happen at Burning Man? It does, but uh, the platforms are covered with white playa dust. And okay. the person has very, very dilated pupils. And their name <laughs> is usually like Thumbelina. And you can see their River. genitals. Their that genitals was, are that was what was. Their balls are usually <laughs> hanging out. That was so weird about, that, what was so weird about this moment was. The guy, just like the guy in Breakfast at Tiffany's, totally coherent, neither drunk nor high. Mm. Totally clear eyes on this guy, 100%. Lucid, so lucid kindness, lucid random kindness freaks you out. And both of you are sitting here yeah. cynically and bitterly and postmodernly <laughs> trying to figure out exactly why a stranger would do something nice Every for another stranger. Every kind thing I do. Have you have. never been to yoga? <laughs> no, I haven't. Jimmy, we've met before. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to ask me that question. Have you never been to well, yoga? See, the, the thing that really-
really interests me about that story is that the people in that world, they're almost like prince cosplayers. I mean, they're not, they're, they're not just – they're not so much all dancing up uh, – excuse me, dressing up like prince, but there is – it's like they're furries for prince. There's a there's a particular costume, a particular look and feel, a particular which universe. is actually you can join that for an additional two hundred dollars <laughs> in addition to your two hundred fifty. You there's can yet go another from Flash website, New Power Club to furries for prince. It was a it was a beautiful moment. It was a it was a lovely thing. He did it because he he loved uh, he loved prince and he knew that we loved prince, which I do. Hmm. I don't, um, it's not to love. Maybe it's a signal. Maybe it's just a signal where he was seeing if it, you guys wanted to come to the secret after orgy. If, if you were members, you would have known what that meant. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Maybe it was. Maybe it was just. It, it was. It, do you want to meet me at the glory hole for hash browns? <laughs> right. it, it, there was a secret message that went out to all the members of the uh, new power club that said, numeral two, letter B, furry with me. <laughs> and then it explained that you should give out a rose in the the whole nine yards. People, uh, these roses it, are red, violets are blue. Yif in hell, fur fag. That's, <laughs> that's the four chan Valentine's Day. You know, and I, I should say, like, um, we uh, one of our writers is actually working on a really interesting feature about uh, a person that she knows who is a furry, and we have not and will not ever write or produce anything that is disparaging to sweet, weird people who sure. have... No, seriously, seriously. No, who, no, no yeah. Who, who do something that might be looked upon, you know, with, with fear or misunderstanding. Like going to a Prince concert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of the first episodes we ever did of Boing Boing TV was about furries. There was a, a filmmaker in Brooklyn who had followed people who are part of the, the furry fandom, the furry I, culture, I, 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 for I, years, I, for like two years. I'm positive everybody listening to the podcast knows, but just, just for my own uh, kind of OCD-ness, uh, furry, someone who, who dresses up as an animal, uh, just to hang out, but often for sex. I don't Depend, know that, I don't that, that often my... for sex is necessarily true. It's certainly oh, okay. the perception. Yeah, that, I guess that, that's, that, the, that it's heavily that's the internet joke. But, but yeah, I mean, I, th- I think actually having now spoken to a number of furries myself, that the sex part is overplayed because the idea of grown men usually <laughs> dressing up like dolphins or teddy bears and engaging in rough sex play, you know, it's, it's the jokes write themselves. We sure, now sure. I should be clear. Jordan is suggesting that this is a sex thing because Jordan is fixated on something that he calls the secret sex party. This yeah. is what he believes is going on unbeknownst to him at any gathering of like-minded people. So he feels that as he travels from gathering to gathering for his work at Fuel TV, there are secret sex parties which he's disappointed not to have been invited to. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the long of the show. Yeah, every, every, you know, I feel like I, I – maybe it's just, just the, that the uh, – whenever you meet people who are super – inside of something whether it be you know the stormtrooper guys the stormtroopers oh, yeah. local 412 yeah. who go to the star wars conventions or ren fair people i always i i feel like when you ask them why they do it there's the the answer is always very very vague it's mm-hmm. always like well there's a sense of community here and um well we we all you know we all get, pitch in and and make the world a better place and it's mm-hmm. always very very vague and i just my mind always goes to like you're but fucking. You're fucking. You? You're fucking later, and you're not telling me because I'm not wearing the right hat. 
Um, it's anyways, true. It's true. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it true. Well, we, uh, we've got plenty of time to talk about secret sex parties on Jordan, Jesse, Go. We've got Shenny Jardin here. Shenny Jardin here. Zini Jardin. <laughs> Zini Jardin here. Uh, Old XJ. Uh, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, Go. <laughs> It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jenny, you're allowed to make up any nickname you want. That's one of the benefits of being on our program. Shenny Jardin, space princess. Space princess. <laughs> I like it. She went right for it. Sure. See, you can tell when they're good. It's like when Kurt Anderson, you know, you may know Kurt Anderson, the host of uh, Public Radio International Studio 360. And, Big fan. And uh, novelist. Uh, Kurt was on our show. He was, he was ready with Explodo. <laughs> it's kind of the gold standard in uh, JJ Go nicknames. Space Space Princess Space Princess is uh, really sorry. It's I feel like Jordan. I, I feel like we this week have been living in a world of serendipitous moments. It's true. Magical things have been passing into and out of our lives with alarming regularity. <laughs> uh, it's uh, funny you should bring that up. I I kind of had a a baffling. Uh, moment that that uh, it confuses me, but but still makes me smile. Um, this was on the way over here last week. Um, uh, I drove by the Saint Francis of Assisi. Um, it was. It, it's not church. It says like Saint Francis of Assisi Religious Center or something like that. And uh, probably includes a church and a daycare and something else. And uh, they have a um, a scrolling electronic sign. Uh, announcing various goings on at the St. Francis of Assisi. As, as many churches center. are wont to do. Sure. I mean, th- you got to modernize. You can't be stuck in these stuffy old traditions. You got to get a scrolling electric sign if you want to get the kids' attention. Uh, and the message going by, uh, I just feel like I've been decoding and trying to wrap my brain around since I saw it. Uh, at the top, it said Christian Rock Concert. And underneath it said, be there or be square. (laughs) (laughs) And it's hard to know where to begin talking about this. Uh, I guess the obvious thing is, well, if you're there, you're clearly square. (laughs) I think that's the good jumping off point. Uh, I don't know. It blows my mind. Because it's a thing. Sure. I'll interject here that it is a thing to put a clever thing on a church sign. Sure. You don't see it as much here in Los Angeles where, uh, of course, these Hollywood types, uh, number one, they hate God. Sure. And uh, number two, they're jaded. Yeah. Um, and number three, they're probably Jewish anyway. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I'm making a long nose gesture. So um, uh, here in uh, here in Hollywood, you don't see this as much. But if you travel the country, a thing that you see a lot of is – uh, a church with a clever sign. It's like Twitter for Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> the, the sort of short form, you only have, you know, so many characters on that sign to, sure. get, to get the lulls. You only have so, so many H's came with the but sign. But they're surprisingly lulls-centric, given that it's a house of worship of like, the highest power like, of them like all. Like there's an oblique punchline that's hidden in there. Yeah, like, uh, you know, like, watch out for yourself because someone's watching you. But that's less pun-worthy yeah, yeah. 
just really intense. And so it makes me wonder if this sign is somehow situated within that tradition, but also is demonstrating an heretofore unheard of level of self-awareness. Yeah, but it doesn't strike – I mean there are – you. okay, so th- there is a big hip church in Hollywood uh, on Highland and they have uh, – you know, they, uh, they have big banners and they made the word Jesus in the Google font once and it said like searching question mark <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and they have a big sign for uh, something they call cross flicks. Uh-huh. Where they will show uh, popular movies, uh, Wally, uh, Star Wars, and I'm I'm assuming afterwards you get some sort of lecture on how it relates to some sort of biblical teaching. But this is not in that area. This is in a uh, a Hispanic neighborhood. The the St. Francis of Assisi thing, and it seems like this kind of cheeky irony is not something you associate with Hispanic Catholics. Yeah, no, uh, certainly not. Uh, uh... That's an interesting question. Well, I think we can agree that it's fucking delightful. Oh, oh and uh, 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 the, while I'm on the subject of that hip church in Hollywood, uh, they had a big sign called "You 2 and the Eucharist," and they had a um, like a four week series where the title of each sermon was a U2 song. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I, I had a um, uh, I had a great experience again when I was back in San Francisco. My uh, sister in law is kind of a um, uh, she's a uh, she's a super enthusiastic person um, who's, who's sort of like always always thinking about the next fun thing to do. She get all the happy genes. You get all the dour ones. Yeah, yeah exactly. You get and all the frowns. Her her um, uh, her boyfriend is um, he's just super nice guy. He's a he's a park ranger in Yosemite for his career. Mm. Just couldn't couldn't nicer could not be a nicer guy. Uh, just really sweet guy, and because he's a park ranger, he doesn't doesn't really get much of a paycheck. So because you know he was only working like six months out of the year, and um, so he drives this van that had belonged to his grandmother, and it's it's like I mean even if even if you think of band van, you're like way ahead of this van. Like this van is like like it's an Econo line or something that maybe once was intended to be a conversion van but was never converted. Like it it's not a cargo van. It has carpeting in the back but no seats in the back and the carpeting's really gross and dirty and there's no like sink or like you know sunroof or something like that. This really this really uh uh this really charming but pathetic van. And uh, he was talking. He was talking at dinner uh, excitedly about the new stereo system in his van, and how he got a new stereo system. And I was going to be really impressed by it. And I was like, I don't know. This sounds. This really sounds like it's just going to end up somewhere sad, right? Because like, what could you do in a stereo system uh, in, in this in this van? And he says, oh, and then and then my sister in law said, oh, it involves rope. And I'm like, wait, it involves a rope. I'm like, well, how could it a stereo like a system involve like a rope? This isn't going anywhere good. Yeah, and uh, end up in a snare. This sounds like something for small games. It's one of those secret sex parties you yeah, keep wanting to go to. Oh boy. So, um, so I'm like, you know, what can you do? So I, I, this, I, I, I I'm not sure what it's going to be. I'm reasonably confident I'm going to be disappointed. But he wants to show it to everybody. And again, nicest guy in the world. So I'm on board for this. You know, I'll, I'll go look at it. 
He goes to the van. He opens o- up. Opens the door. Open. There's a 12-year-old tied up in the back, and he's like, you like my new stereo? <laughs> and then he flies away. He jumps up into the air. Sorry. Jordan, well, thanks for stepping on my story. Oh, God, I'm sorry. He, Jesse told me earlier. I couldn't resist. So he slides open the sliding door of the van. This is what his new stereo system is. It's two 1970s-style home stereo speakers, roughly four feet high each, tied with rope to the chairs. <laughs> there's only two chairs in this thing, so they're tied with rope to the chairs. So these are four-foot-high speakers. And there's a turntable somewhere? Tied with rope to the chairs. And here's the thing. like I, when, he, when he said rope, I figured that it would involve... I knew that there was only two chairs in this thing. I figured it would involve tying speakers to chairs. So at that point, <laughs> one I'm can like, only assume. I'm like, well, you know, the speakers were broken in his car, and so he put in. He only had home stereo speakers, and he knew how to wire it, so he wired home stereo speakers to his car. And then he points in between where the center console would be if this if this van had a center console, <laughs> and there is a home stereo tuner. Sitting in between the seats, like a like a you know Ankyo nineteen seventy seven. I bought it at the Salvation Army. That is plugged into the cigarette lighter through one of those power inverters, so you can like charge up your laptop. And so he is just instead of that sounds like that would be more expensive than just getting a stereo. (laughs) That sounds like this is all vintage equipment you have to buy. I don't think he was using like a tube amp or anything. This was really like this was really some like six ninety nine at the at the uh, Salvation Army equipment. But it was it was amazing. It was I. I had never experienced a moment that magical in the world of car stereo repair. And then he showed you his iPhone, which was a cordless phone taped to a laptop. <laughs> it was really, it was really something else. I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out what to make of it, and also trying to figure out how I can get one. Um, I would like, I'd like to see a turntable added to that. Sure, right? Why not a cassette deck? What about a cassette deck that only plays singles? <laughs> Is that a type of cassette deck? No. <laughs> it would be great, though, if you wanted to listen to an Onyx song. Sure. Um, anyway, magical moments in our lives. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Shinny Jardin, space princess. Feels good, doesn't it? Feels Say nice. Name. <laughs> Feels good. Um, so I, I have a question for you, Jordan. Yeah. I have been fielding these. Uh, I've been fielding these emails all week. Of course, I, I get a lot of emails about Jordan, Jesse Go. You don't get any. You, of course, you have a, your own secret email address. You only occasionally you'll look at the the Jordan Jesse Go email. JJ Go at maximumfun.org. People will randomly email me about Jordan Jesse Go. Okay. I've been getting a couple of themes popping up in my inbox. Mm -hmm. First of all, I'd like to thank everyone who emailed me to show their uh, support for uh, Chompers. Um, Chompers, of course, is a power pig uh, that I saw in the Antiques Roadshow last week. Um, It's an awful horror toy that Jesse saw on PBS and he won't shut up about. There, Jenny, you're caught up. It's a it's a lovely pig, a pull toy pig. It's ah. unusual to see a pig. It was more you'd see a lot of goats, but it's unusual to see a pig. <laughs> um, so dumb. 
Anyway, You're so the dog in the corner. The, sorry, I I want to thank I want to thank all the kind people out there who emailed me their support for Chompers and for me. Uh, several people offered to take up a collection uh, to buy me Chompers, uh, which was valued, by the way, at two thousand to twenty five hundred dollars. Uh, I explained that if Chompers was for sale, this was uh, I think as I think I may have mentioned in the show, the first thing I ever saw, saw on the roadshow where my immediate reaction to the uh, appraisal was. Uh, I've got it right now. Let's do it. But unfortunately, the items for the antique, on the Antiques Roadshow are not necessarily for sale. They're often family heirlooms. And if I had chompers and someone was offering me $2,500 for them, I would not give them up. So, so do you want to just like recap an episode of Nova you've seen recently? Or um, we actually, just, are we just going to keep shoveling coal in this entertainment train funny, where you describe funny PBS you shows to that. us? Funny you should mention that. I was okay. just watching Scientific American. Oh, God. <laughs> And Alan Aldo was investigating strategies to make the human life longer. It turns out there's a lot of good science behind caloric restriction. Or so they say on (laughs) C-SPAN. So um, anyway, so first of all, I want to thank everyone who emailed me about Chompers. Of course, if you want to see Chompers, someone, I don't know if you saw this, Jordan, but someone created a Jordan Jesse Chompers logo, which is a sort of logo for Jordan Jesse Go if Chompers was hosting the show with us. Um, He would probably make his Chompers noise, which if I can approximate it, was something like, um, which is the noise he makes when you pull him. Uh, so I want to thank everyone who, who showed me their support on that account. I also got a lot of great emails about R. Kelly and uh, the song Ignition Remix. Uh, there were a lot of people who were really baffled that Jordan wasn't on board or wasn't familiar with Ignition Remix by R. Kelly. Um, and so a lot of people took the time to email me to show their support, not just of me and R. Kelly, but specifically of the song Ignition Remix. I'd like to thank those people. But there has been a third theme amongst the emails that I have received, which is at least a dozen people have emailed me, Jordan, uh, to ask me why you were on the Adam Carolla podcast. Uh, I did not know I was on the Adam Carolla podcast. I, now, I, I, I ran into and introduced myself to Adam Carolla recently, but I, so I, I, I could only guess he was secretly recording it I'll, and I'll, is strapped for content. I'll explain, I'll explain the context for this. Uh, and, and I, so it, I, I'm assuming that it's you. There's no proof on the tape that oh. it is you. But I can only assume that it's you. This is approximately what happened on one of the most recent episodes of the Adam Carolla podcast. Uh, Seth Green, uh, the creator of – that's the name of the guy from Robot Chicken, correct? Sure. Seth Green uh, from the uh, uh, occasionally slightly funny television program (laughs) Robot Chicken is talking to – who seems like a great guy, by the way. Sure. He really does seem like a charming and pleasant man. Um, you darned him with faint praise. <laughs> so uh, he's talking to Corolla. Seth Green probably doesn't smell. <laughs> Most likely. Don't you think Seth Green As bad as a corpse. As guys, bad, yes. Don't you guys think that Seth <laughs> because Green... Because those things stink. Do you guys not think that Seth Green seems like a good guy? No, he does. I really do think that he seems like sure. a good guy. But the fact of the matter is that I don't, I don't really enjoy Robot Chicken. Occasionally, there's something that I'll think is a little bit funny. But he seems like a great guy. So I want to separate the art from the man. The <laughs> man was talking to Adam Carolla. We're not talking about some uh, ironic uh, children's toy talking to Adam Carolla. It this wasn't was the Chompers. Actual, no. no. This was the actual Seth Green talking to Adam Carolla. And I've only heard the clip. Someone sent me the clip. 
But this is sort of a reenactment of the clip, as best as I can perform okay. it. I, I'm not an impressionist. I'm no Rich Little. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. Um, so it's basically they say something, oh, you know, something, something, robot chicken. And then you just hear one of them go, hey, that kid from, that kid from Fuel TV is taking off his shirt. Hey, Jordan, get your shirt back on. Get your shirt back on, Jordan. <laughs> and then and then Corolla goes and then Corolla goes, you know, it's only a douchey move if you look good with your shirt off. And then they agree <laughs> that if you don't look that good with your shirt off, it's a cool thing to do. Okay. Was that you? Uh yeah, yeah, that was me. <laughs> uh sure, this makes this makes perfect sense. This is all falling into place. Um yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know they were recording stuff when they were doing that. Uh, yeah, so, sure, here's the, here's, here's what happened. Uh, this was at a, um, a benefit for Haiti, the, um... Oh, blame it on Haiti. Yeah, exactly. Haiti, I was, I was taking off my clothes for Haiti. Yeah. Uh, raising several dollars, um, uh, where, uh, the cast of Family Guy and the cast of Always Sunny in Philadelphia were doing this, like, live stage show and all the money was going to Haiti, so... Uh, so Seth Green was there, and uh, Adam Kroll was there. I I thought he was just kind of uh, hanging out, but I guess he was recording a podcast there. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, so I was I was talking to the cast of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is a great show, by the way. Love it. Uh, but they seem like kind of kind of seem like assholes. No, they, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I'm right. sure they're great people. Uh, they are great people, and it is a great very, show. Very nice. Um. Uh, did you see that one where Danny DeVito eats out of the garbage? <laughs> yes. So funny. That's like 20% of their episodes, Danny oh, DeVito eating out of the garbage. Uh, so I don't know how familiar you are with my day job, Jenny, but um, uh, I, I do interviews for this thing called Fuel TV, and it's kind of – I'm encouraged to be outrageous. Uh, to in a do goofy, something fun way. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing threatening or mean, but you know, to maybe kind of shake up the usual kind of tone of an interview. Hmm. Um, anyways, uh, taking so, off your shirt's a great way to accomplish that. Yeah, I, I yeah, and sure. it's a technique you've used to great effect before. I, I uh, use it often. Yeah, right. Sure. Yes. Um, I uh, yeah, and and it's beginning to bother me a little bit, uh, realizing that my nudity. Uh, elicits laughter, something I maybe didn't think of uh, when I originally started down that road. Hey, but let's, uh, let's be clear, Jordan. You're a fit guy. Well, you're not. You don't have a lot of. You're not ripped with muscles. No, no, no. But, but neither are you overweight at all. You know, I don't know, man. I, 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 I also do do a fair amount of auditioning, just general auditioning around town. The last, I would say, couple of months, I've been getting uh, audition notices that one of the descriptive. Uh, one of the adjectives for the character is chubby. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. I'm beginning to wonder. Uh, I haven't done anything about it yet. Like, <laughs> exercised more. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's, be- it's beginning to become a concern. I'm be- concerned I'm becoming a funny fat guy. But you, you know, you, you've, been known to, you've been known to swim some laps at the Y. No, sure. I mean, I'll go to the... You're a healthy man. I'll go to the, I'll go to the Culver City Municipal Plunge. And a handsome man. I think, I think our, thank theme, you. Our, our lady it's listeners nice and male homosexual listeners would agree thank you, thank you. that you're a handsome man. Uh, as, anyway. as the sole woman in the room, mm-hmm. I don't know about your With dog. With my dog accepted, yeah. 
I can say that you're a handsome man. Thank you. Thank you. That, that, and if that... you'd like to take your shirt off right now, <laughs> I wouldn't complain. Thank you. I only do that on television. That's not, right. not streaming webcam. I have standards. Uh-huh. Um, but thank you. Nice of you to say. Um, if it's streaming webcam, you're going to want some stuff off your Amazon wish list. Sure, right. Yeah. Um, my, my physical fitness aside. Uh, so, yeah. So, I'm talking uh, to to the Always Sunny in Philadelphia people. And the premise I was kind of operating under was I was feeling uh, superior to everybody there because I was in our town in high school. Uh-huh. So I was like being kind of a jerk to everybody. I'm like, listen, I know all about this theater thing. I know you're from television. I'm from the world of the theater. I was in our town in high school. Uh, so I said to the people from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, uh, now I don't know how familiar you are with my body of work. And then Danny <laughs> DeVito said, take off your shirt. <laughs> and I, I kind of stopped. I was giving. I'm like, well, what? I'm sorry. And, and he's like, it's like, you're talking about your body of work. You gotta take off your shirt. And uh, <laughs> when Danny DeVito tells you to take off your shirt, and you have a history of taking off your shirt, it, it, I don't know. I would feel like a chump if I didn't do it. So, I mean, this guy made death to Smoochie. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> this is the death to Smoochie guy. This guy had a small part in the Reno 911 movie. <laughs> Which was very funny. Uh, so I, I, so I did it, and uh, you know, uh, that was not just my shirt. My pants also came off, and I was wearing uh, undies. Uh, I should mention that just because. Now you've you've taken off your undies for to raise money for charity in the past. Sure. Uh, when our- Haiti doesn't want that, <laughs> oh, I, I think I can speak for Haiti. They'll get it and they'll like it. Those Haitians, they're just, <laughs> their, their minds are beaten down by the brutality of Papa Doc Duvalier. <laughs> now that they're beginning anew, they can imagine the possibilities on the horizon, such as the intense, sultry, romantic energy of a shirtless, pantless Jordan Morris. Yes. Um, and uh, so, yes, and I did hear Seth Green yell, hey, Jordan, put your pants back on. Uh, I didn't know they were recording that for a podcast and then had a discussion about it. So uh, there you go. Mystery solved. Well, the good news is that they decided you're not a douche. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, also, they agreed I didn't go good get my shirt off. <laughs> uh, so, you know, damning with faint praise again, I think, is uh, what we're back to. I mean, I think there's a certain... You know, I I think the reality of this situation is that unless you have muscles, Mm -hmm. people are going to laugh when you take your shirt off if you're a dude. There's nothing there that anybody wants to see. No. You know, if you have muscles... Uh, Some people like pastiness. Really? No, they don't. No one likes pastiness. I think they do in this chat room over here. People are talking about different stuff they'd like to do with you, Jordan. No, that's, that's foul. <laughs> you got people, a chat room going on the Ustream here. People are all being ridiculous. But, uh, but yeah, no, so, uh, so there you go. That's why I was on the Adam Carolla podcast. Okay, well, I'm glad that we, I'm glad that we cleared that up. Thank I'm you. very happy to hear that. So I think if we can summarize, number one, uh, the people from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia seem like real assholes. Sure. Uh, <laughs> number two. Seth uh, Green may or may not be a reanimated corpse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go.
It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm Shenny Jardin, space princess. That looks good. Great to have you here, Shenny. It's really good to be here. You now you're in charge. You have to you have to be looking constantly through your panopticon of uh, world cultures in order to uh, capture the best, uh, the creme de la creme, if you will. I call it my inbox. Sure. <laughs> for, uh, for Boing Boing, uh, for Boing Boing and Boing Boing TV. Have you, is, have you spent any time watching uh, the major sporting event called the Winter Olympics? Have you been watching the Winter Olympics at all? I watched the opening ceremonies only so I could fully appreciate the multilingual, multi-ethnic, pan-geographic splendor of the YouTube fan remake videos that followed. <laughs> One of them... So you're uh, just laying the groundwork for yeah, the like eventual... For, for me, watching a major mainstream cultural event, mm-hmm. especially anything to do with sports, yeah. is just background research for the weird shit that's going to come up on the internet. <laughs> and, and Did you do true, this with like, the Super Bowl and uh, your American yes. Idols and stuff like that? Yes. Uh, and, and true to form, uh, maybe 24 hours after the Olympics opened, uh, a gentleman who is a Ukrainian, if I remember correctly, fan of Boing Boing, sent mm-hmm. me an email. Uh, and he pointed me to a remake of Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody by a Tatar ethnic performance group. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have heard the the phrase uh, or the word Tartars, but it's really, I guess, Tatars. They're like a Turkic ethnic group. Uh, None of that matters. What matters is that they were singing... And a great sauce for seafood. They were singing Bohemian Rhapsody. And and I thought it was awkward. I thought it was fabulous. I, I thought it was weird. Um, I used the word awkward in the the title of the blog post, uh-huh. and there was like a hundred comments that followed saying that I was um, ethnically insensitive to Tatars uh, because who had to this point no to Olympic be clear, tribute had primarily been known for their sauces. Yeah, because no Olympic tribute in Tatar with people, mind you, playing juice harps, wearing big furry hats. This is total like ethnic <laughs> drag, you know. <laughs> Um, well, from what I understand, I did not see the uh, I didn't see the opening. Oh, sorry, we are the champions. That, uh, uh, not Bohemian Rhapsody. We are the champions. <laughs> I didn't actually watch the opening ceremony, but I did have a discussion with uh, 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 the new Max Fun intern Julia about it, and that doesn't sound that far off from what actually transpired in the opening ceremony. Right. These things are always like what, they, it's just one thing after another. This is this nation is the home of Cirque du Soleil. They should just get the, you know, what's, the, what's Patton's bit about Cirque du Soleil? It's something about a midget with a boner riding a unicycle. Sure. They should, get, they should just get the midget with the boner riding the unicycle, light the tip of it on fire, and light the rings and be out of there. You know what I mean? And everybody just applauds. And then everybody dives into a big tub of poutine. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. I, poutine is delicious. Anyways. So are midgets. Yeah, so are boner midgets. I don't understand uh-huh. why I don't understand why this the world's biggest sporting event opens for one thing, like no other sporting events have associated ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Especially ceremonies that I mean there are ceremonies like the coin toss or there are literal ceremonies, but none that are self consciously created to be ceremonies. Also, weird animals. Like everything, every Olympics has a weird animal. Does this really need a yak? Yeah. <laughs> like it's like, oh, it's Tutu, the Vancouver yak. 
He uh, loves <laughs> he loves all the different sports. Here's some fan of the luge. Here's him doing skeleton. Sure. Luge, by the way, I always pronounced it loogie. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't know. What, another thing about the another thing about that that really struck me as I was watching the Winter Olympics. I watched two evenings of Winter Olympics uh, programming. Uh, because I was uh, switching computers and we don't have cable. So that was what was on broadcast television when uh, I wanted to veg out a little bit. And so I was watching the Olympics and it, it, I was watching figure skating, which I had forgotten how much I hate. And um, this... Uh, what, fi- what, I mean, not to, not, to, not to start another classic Jesse Thorne rant, but what do you hate about <laughs> figure skating? Oh, just the usual <laughs> shit. Like it's, a just, it's really just like watching something that was created by Corky St. Clair from Waiting for Guffman. Like, it really is, like, so beyond tasteless and so, like, grotesque. And also, um, while certainly athletic, uh, a weird thing to consider a sport. Um, I know what that that's... What kicked uh, in the face with one of those skates, though? Uh, sure. I mean, that's. A, I, I'm not. I don't want to get too because I feel like it, it's well trod territory questioning whether ice skating is a sport. Sure. But I'll just say that I'm on the side of. Eh. However, I will say that while I was watching ice skating, um, it was pairs skate dancing, uh, which I believe is what it's called. And one of the girl, one, this girl who was in an American team or club or pair, as they're called, was uh, Filipina, Filipino American. And I realized that I had been watching this. I'd watched five solid hours of this without seeing a non-white person. And I think it's, they're just basically the, they, I think what happened is they had the summer Olympics, which were, you know, had their roots in Athens, Greece. I think my dog, sure. My my dog is, is uh, Grecian and, and upset about the ethnic stereotypes. She's offended. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But there, are, I'm awake. They, we have the you know the discus Olympics, you know the Summer Olympics that are from Greece, and then I feel like <laughs> white people were just like, you know what, we're only doing like we're only at like fifty percent on the medals in this thing. We need to come up with a new, whiter version of the Olympics <laughs> to tilt the odds in our favor. You know, something Phil Collins can really write a song about. <laughs> something you something you can only do where only whites live. Sure. Something you can do where everyone's a so- you can only do where everyone's a socialist, but they're also xenophobic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's amazing the things the things that they'll the, like biathlon is a sport in the Winter Olympics. This is something that has to do with the Swiss Guard. Or something like what it is is it's an attempt to cracker it up. It's it's cross country skiing and target shooting, like rife like long gun target shooting or something, and then a long banjo solo. <laughs> <laughs> like excuse me, that's a triathlon. I'm sorry. Like it's it's really like you really feel like like I think like the picture that emerges in my mind is there were in it was like 1926 or something I don't know exactly when the Winter Olympics started it was like 1926 and uh, the people of color had been encroaching steadily 
on the the medal podium over the previous 20 years or 30 years of the Olympics, the first 20 or 30 years of the Olympics. And in like 1922 or 1918, they had created team handball. They had just made up a sport and said, we won't tell the people of color about it. We'll keep it secret from the people of color. But then four years later, they, the people of color saw it in the Olympics and then came to dominate it. And then they're like, you know what we got to do? And then they, uh, then they added the Alan Thick impression contest. <laughs> yeah. And then there was the, the Yacht Rock Karaoke Marathon. You're right, yes. These are, I feel like these are roughly the same thing as <laughs> something that involves a fucking alpine shooting contest. <laughs> like, what could possibly be more, like, it's something that you... <laughs> There's the what goes on in the basement of Yale contest. <laughs> the fondue diving. <laughs> like when Wait, you, let's just list some more of these. When you, get to, when you get to the point where it's a thing that, that you feel like it would be inappropriate to I not like be idea, wearing later hosen. I like the hosen. idea of uh, fondue diving, of just getting horribly scalded every time you dive. It's like a one-time in the person's career thing. Ah, you didn't tell me it was Brie! <laughs> oh, sorry. Everyone, everyone in the chat room is pointing out that there's a movie called Cool Runnings about a Jamaican bobsled team. And certainly... I'll give you cool, number one. I'll give you cool runnings. Number two, I'll give you a future Hall of Famer if he's not already a Hall of Famer NFL running back Herschel Walker, who for a long time was a bobsled pusher, and that made me interested in bobsleds. I liked the idea that Herschel Walker was you know having thousand yard seasons for the Minnesota Vikings and then taking a week off to go push a bobsled in the Olympics. I think we can all get behind that. Sure. But generally speaking, the Winter Olympics are so bizarre because I feel like they're so profoundly not equivalent to the Summer Olympics. <laughs> Competitive you know I mean? blogging. I got another one. Sorry. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, like where, how, how is it that the Winter Olympics are allowed to be the same amount of Olympic as the Summer Olympics? Like, I feel like, they're, like the Winter Olympics are maybe – one and one third Paralympics in terms of their Olympicness, you know what I mean, and right. maybe half or two thirds of a Summer Olympics on the scale scale of Olympicality. I got nothing. Yeah. Yes. You seem mad at the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like kind of an asshole move. Sorry. Being mad at the Olympics. I know. I should be celebrating. It's this. amazing. The world comes together. The world comes together to celebrate Bill Costas's hair dye job. Sure. You <laughs> can make jokes about wider events to have in the Winter Olympics. I, I like the part where him and Matt Lauer made out. Did you guys see that part? <laughs> no. Did that? Oh. What did something like that actually happen? That was spectacular. Chris Collinsworth was there too. Yeah. No, it didn't. Oh, that would have been great though if it if it had happened. Sure. They were just so they were just so overtaken by the curling they had to have a gay kiss. Look, you guys, curling is that what the kids are calling it? It these is. Days? It is hash brown curling. Look, you guys, we've been we've been laughing and joking a lot, but I actually want to bring up something very serious on oh. this week's podcast. That's this, jo- Jordan. Let me ask you a quick question. Sure. How do you feel about seltzer? I love it. Okay, great. Because I also I love, love seltzer. I love it. You and I both love seltzer. Because look, when we're on the air. We don't want to get burpy. No. We're drinking we're drink a flat still water. water yeah. A flat or still water. Um, but when we're at home, when we're enjoying ledger, leisure time, <laughs> when we're enjoying our ledger time. When I'm enjoying a Heath Ledger movie. When I'm balancing the books. 
<laughs> I like <laughs> when I'm getting out the old red pencil. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I'm watching Ten Things I Hate About You. When I when I've got my when I've got my green visor and my sleeve garters on. <laughs> And I've got the old ledger book out. Mm-hmm. There's nothing better than a nice crystal geyser. Uh, so, Jordan, where, Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. Jordan, Sorry. where where do you get where do you buy your seltzer? Uh, okay, uh, well, when I started drinking, <laughs> that's a funny question, Jesse. Uh, when I uh, first started drinking, I seltzer, was hoping you would have more to say about this than the most important event going on in the world at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I made that joke about competitive blogging. I felt like that added to it a lot. I didn't feel like that got the recognition it deserved, uh, so I so I shut off. Um, uh, I, I drank an Arrowhead brand. Uh, sparkling water. Uh, they have a lot of great flavors. They have uh, your standard flavors, uh, plain lemon lime, but they also have w- wonderful things for when you're feeling more adventurous, uh, like raspberry lime and uh, pomegranate blueberry. Uh, but then here's what they did. Uh, right around the time I started drinking it, uh, I was you know five months into the habit, and they shrank the bottles and made them more expensive. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. I agree. That's bullshit. And the, Even the when great, they're on special at Vons, they're too expensive. Absolutely. Uh, I, I have material, gentlemen. Oh, yes. this is why I happen to know for a fact, Jordan, that we have a, a seltzpert or seltzer expert <laughs> here, here it's like, with it's us. It's like a sexpert, but sure. for water yeah. instead of fucking. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sure. So um, there's a company called SodaStream okay. that makes these devices that produce seltzer in your home. Okay. So you don't a type have to go of out. fuck machine. <laughs> so you, you don't have to go to Vaughn's or Ralph's or whatever mm-hmm. and, and haul home like 100 pounds worth of water if that's what you want to drink instead of, instead of your sodas. Right. Mm. So I asked them to send me a, a review unit. I, I have a unit on loan. I think it's like a couple of hundred dollars. It looks like a penguin. Plus you have a seltzer maker. Oh, Hello. But, you stepped on my punchline. It looks like <laughs> a penguin. It looks like a penguin. Okay. It's Don't adorable. Worry. Okay. The little beak, you push the beak down, and there's a canister of carbon dioxide gas in his innards. Right. And he shits out tiny bubbles into the water. My and you just you keep pushing the beak God. down and pushing and pushing and pushing. And then all of a sudden, he, he makes a whistling sound. What? <laughs> when when it's time done. to drink. This isn't sexual at all, is no, it? No, I'm not. And no, seriously. And, and, and you can. <laughs> Depending on how much you right, depending on how, so how many much you times, how much you work it, how hard <laughs> right. how hard you how hard depending you, on the number of thrusts, depending sure. on the thrust duration and um, right uh, the 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 bubbliness, the sort of yeah. uh, perkiness of effervescence, the if you will, the, the effervescent strength will be either harder or softer, mm. right? And and they also have they sent these go little, on. <laughs> They, yes. they sent me. They sent me these little uh, bottles that are like hotel liquor bottles, uh, full of flavors that you can flavor oh. the drinks oh. with. So you know, if you if, if you're a fan of say the raspberry or peach or lime sure. or whatever flavored water, you can do that. And they also have like a ginger ale, a cola, or whatever. Okay, so let me ask you this I question. Now, I, and and I'll, FCC regulations here didn't you know they? It, I'm not like their spokes. Oh no, not at all, princess. But you, ha- but you do have a review unit, and also the seltzer bottle. Um, I really, really love it, uh, and I, I will. That's what I want to know because I, I sincerely, I sincerely am can strongly considering oh, one insane. of these things. Because I the hate thing. carrying things. My yeah. mom has. Oh, it's a, it's a pain. Yeah. It's a, it's a real drag. Yeah. Carrying. Well, unless you've got a burro. 
If you have a Boro, it's a breeze. No one does. You people probably think that we bloggers yeah. all have a, all we're all living we're all living in carry. golden palaces <laughs> with 29 yeah. with as many burrows as we could ever want well you here's your throne <laughs> we never want for beasts of burden or yeah. uh worm shit you probably think that we have helper yaks following uh-huh. us to the plastic surgery clinics That's... that we frequent but okay no. so let's say uh, now here's the thing my mom when I was young, my mom once dropped a lot of hints that she wanted a seltzer bottle for her birthday or, or Mother's Day a or something like bottle? that. Like a 99 cent bottle no, of seltzer? No, like yeah. the kind of seltzer bottle where if you, that you would use. Like a clown would use. Like a clown would use one of these seltzer bottles, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, it shoots a stream of seltzer. And what I. And then, f- and then as soon as you do that, you just hear the sound that goes. Wah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Wah. So what I found very quickly was they, they have these CO2 cartridges. Yeah. And um, the, you, you can buy the CO2 cartridges. And, and it's easy to buy these CO2 That's c- like how the soda stream thing works too. So – but what these CO2 cartridges, you could make maybe one bottle's worth of seltzer out of the CO2 cartridge. And the CO2 cartridge costs like $4 or something like that. And so it was just a horrible, horrible ex- system yeah. that somehow they had made it more expensive – to buy seltzer, uh, to buy seltzer in this you know convenient make your own seltzer system, than it was to just buy it by the vat at the Trader Joe's, which is my current system. So I want to ask you: Do you yeah. feel like do you feel like the cost benefit is the price to value ratios? And I'm still in. Uh, I'm still working on the ledger stuff here. Sure. Is 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 acceptable for this SodaStream product uh, as a professional seltzer reviewer? Yeah, so I'm actually working on a little Excel spreadsheet to to calculate exactly how much right uh, excellent each bottle of this is versus hauling home a, a bottle from the grocery store. But bottom line, number one, I do think that it works out to be less. But number two, Jenny, number, it, number me, two, I don't care. Day. <laughs> <laughs> number two, I don't care because what it means is that I can be that much lazier when right. I when I have to do my errands on the weekends. Right. Plus, you get that little pengy. It's like paying an assistant, right, yeah. to haul sure. home your bottles of and he's adorable. Water. Technically, technically my assistant is an indentured servant, so he doesn't necessarily get paid. But I guess that I could could reallocate his resources elsewhere. Yeah. So I could have him clean my burrow stables, for example. For instance. Okay. Well, I think I'm going to get this. I I was looking at it on Amazon. It costs $100, but I think I'm just going to do it. The the tricky part, the one sort of less than super convenient part of the experience is – Oh, so here's the catch. That you have to order new cartridges, and and a guy has to come and pick up your old cartridges. What? So you, you don't throw them away. They're they're like reusable cans. This is good. This is good. Like Earth environment. You're, sure, you're not, sure, sure. A guy comes. A dude comes and he takes the spent CO two cartridges and then replaces them with new. This is all good. So you're not using plastic. Like a milkman. So he's what like, you're he's saying like a milkman is, for carbon wow. dioxide. I, I had no idea a guy came. I thought it was a yeah, through the mail thing. I, I thought like it was it. like Netflix. No, I don't think you can even mail it. No. It might explode. Yeah. Try that on for oh, size. Sure. Yeah. I like it. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, that's great. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Shani Jardin, space princess. Okay, it's 
Look, we're gonna we're gonna we we we're recording this show shortly after we recorded our last year. We don't have a lot of calls to play. Just a couple of things I want to run through. But before we get to that, I want to just drop a fucking bomb on you guys that just came out of the chat room. We're live streaming this show. We occasionally will just you know live stream the record of our show. It's not a fully finished product. You're, what you're listening to right now, if you're at home, is a cleaner, nicer, neater package. Mm-hmm. This is just a sort of for fun extra thing. Uh, that I announce on the Twitter you every once in a Jordan's while. Cut all of Jordan's belches out. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, what I and do my is racial slurs. I bring in a Jordan sound alike mm. to uh, come in and loop in uh, uh, some semblance of interest in what I want to talk about. <laughs> so um, the uh, mm-hmm track. Yeah. So uh, uh, something amazing just happened, and that is that Oni David mm-hmm. uh, or Davin. Uh, who we ra- who we ran into when we were live streaming last week's program? Sure. Um, Oni Davin just announced when I was in Germany, we had a really cool cola delivery service. Wow. Germany has their fucking shit together. Yeah, right. Germany knows what the fuck is up. Sure. Cola delivery service. <laughs> A delivery service specifically for much, cola? That's how much they love cola as a nation. Oh, my God. These are people who just know how to take care of business. Sure. You know what I mean? They're efficient. They are efficient. As is the, as is the stereotype. They're great, they're great at making small appliances. Schnitzel. Uh, oh, oh sh- yeah. You got to hand oh, it to come schnitzel. On. Absolutely schnitzel. I mean, who's not going to hand it to schnitzel? I'll eat a schnitzel. <laughs> I'll eat schnitzel. Is that what they're calling it these days? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God. Okay, let, okay, let's go to the telephones. I, I, I picked out three calls, and I don't even frankly remember what they are, but, but let's give them a listen. Hello, Jordan and Jesse. This is Matthew calling from uh, Western Massachusetts, and I'm calling with a suggestion for Jordan, mm. who wants to get better at drinking during the day. Um, I write a, a wine column for uh, McSweeney's. You can cut that out if it is too much of a plug or makes me sound like a douchebag. But... <laughs> <laughs> we're we're uh, leaving it in for that reason. We're leaving it in. Yeah, that's why we're leaving it in. Yeah, point Dexter. <laughs> I just wanted to establish. I got cred. I got credentials. <laughs> uh, I'll often have a glass of uh, wine during lunch, and uh, uh, but really the. The deal with drinking during the day is not, I mean, you know, unless you want to raise your tolerance, which you, you can only do through some good old-fashioned hard work uh, and commitment, um, you really just need to reevaluate, not, not I want to get better so that I don't feel as drunk and I can do what I normally do. It's, you have to really think about what does drinking during the day go well with, you know, what kind of activities would go along with it that you could get good at those. Um, I think you're approaching it from from possibly the wrong side. You know, so some suggestions, I would say uh, uh, things like um, ranting at fellow fellow barflies. Bocce would be things that you could could do. Um, Dominoes. You know, stuff like that. So... um, So as I understand it... What a douchebag. Yeah, come on, douchebag. (laughs) This... This douche with his little, with his adorable little lists, sure. uh, with his wine jokes. Um, so this guy seems like a sweet guy. I think this is good yeah, advice that for was, you, uh, Jordan. That was informative. Yeah, I know. I, I uh, Jenny, to catch you up, uh, last week I came in here all out of sorts, uh, kind of in a in a in a tizzy uh, because I had been drinking in the afternoon, and and while not still drunk, I was feeling insane. 
Uh, and I was kind of wondering how I could, if the opportunity to drink in the afternoon arises again, kind of how I should handle it. Anyways, no, so this was good. I guess I guess I was drinking in a day where I had to sober up and drive, and where I had to do a podcast and then do some other stuff. So I'll uh, tell you, um, yeah. my, my wife, uh, my beautiful wife Teresa, spent some time living in as com- a drunk. <laughs> yes, spent some time living in communist Cuba, um, behind uh, behind the banana curtain, if you will. And um, uh, uh, it was a, a wonderful experience uh, overall. Um, what I think one of the things that she found in, when she was in Cuba is Cuba's a beautiful place. Um, uh, and there's not a lot going on as a general rule. And uh, frankly, everybody's too broke to really do anything that might cost money. Um, and so mostly like fondue diving, mostly, which is a rich man's sport. Yeah. Well, mostly what people do is, um, uh, they drink and play dominoes. Mm. They just sit down and play dominoes for a really long time while drinking. And one of the things that I learned from my wife after visiting there is that she, she was, um, one of the adjustments that she made over the time that she lived there was when she realized that what she should be doing is drinking and playing dominoes. <laughs> and once she started really doing a lot of drinking and domino playing, then her experience in Cuba got a lot better. So she kind of adopt a kind of a hacienda type attitude toward, toward yeah, afternoon drinking. Absolutely. Or, I mean, you, if you want to go Italian, you can go bocce. Sure. Bocce sounds nice. There's a lot of great opportunities here. Speaking of communism, I just wanted to point out (laughs) that we are taping this episode on Kim Jong-il's birthday. Oh. Speaking of communism, I just wanted to point out (laughs) that the Berlin Wall just fell. They tore down the wall. We won. Um, So you should think about it. You got any big ideas for activities that you might be interested in? Boy. If you want to start a lawn bowling league, I'm in. Yeah, lawn bowling. First of all, number one. If you want to, I'm totally sincere. I'm in in your lawn bowling league. Okay, but I want you to know that I'm going to dress up all gay. I, I I'm going to dress I up expect like less. a lawn bowling I guy. I expect nothing less. Well, I, we need to find, meet someone with a lawn. I already have white flannels. If you're wondering, do I have white I flannel was not pants? The answer that. is I was yes. Not wondering that. Yes, I do. Uh, I don't have a cricket sweater, but I'd love to buy one. <laughs> sure. Uh, yes, need to find somebody with a lawn. That would be nice. Okay. Uh, step one. Do you think there's probably lawn bowling courts here in Los Angeles? There's, this is a big city. I know there was there was lawn bowling. There were lawn bowling and bocce courts uh, right near my uh, father's house in the Excelsior in San Francisco. Hmm. It's usually a place where uh, you know old Italian guys go to drink and smoke. And yeah, uh, I was going to say if they're public, do they let you bring? No, but but oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I, have a have a little road soda. Or we would just do it at Chenny's house. She's already got it. Yeah. A, she can clear clear out a couple acres that we're going to, you know, uh, keeping the burrows fat. Sure. And uh, we can do it there. Are you on board for this? Yeah, I, I guess I can relocate the goats. Do, do you have a policy on day afternoon drinking? I don't drink. Okay, yeah. well, there you go. The policy, policy <laughs> done. That's why I was so excited about the seltzer. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, Jordan, seltzer's all we have. Yeah, sure. To you, seltzer's something that you can put with other stuff. And yeah. Have a, it has a, a pleasing effect on your body chemicals. DIY yeah. wine coolers. <laughs> hey, Jordan, Jessica. This is uh, Alex from Michigan. Um, in regards to the Mario continuity. Oh, good. Um, 
this other podcast I listened to actually got went off on a rant about this lately. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure there's a loose continuity over all the Mario games, but all that you really need to know about the thing that blows my mind is that uh, Bowser Jr., this is the little replacement to all the Koopa kids that I think came around in the GameCube era, at least in Super Mario Sunshine, uh, there is the end of the game, I believe, um, is where it is, is a scene with... uh, Now look, I think we can all agree that he's not keeping this anecdote tight. Everybody's doing his best. He called in on this topic that you specifically asked for people to call in on. Yes. He's really doing his best. So I think we, we should hear him out. He gets points. Bowser, and when you walk in, Bowser and Peach are in a hot tub. And I guess the continuity is that <laughs> Bowser Jr. is the kid of Bowser and Peach. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's, this is the kind of shit that you probably get a lot of boing-boing comments on. We do posts about things like that. <laughs> Never mind the comments. We are those yeah, people. Yeah. <laughs> the continuity. Well, if somebody if somebody made a if so, certainly if somebody made a papercraft version of this scene, it needs a little more Bluetooth, guys. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, so did, is is that a is that a part of uh, the yeah, Mario continuity no, sounds, you're familiar that with? Big. Uh. Yeah. I mean. I mean. Yeah, I, I at least I haven't in my in my brief looking. I have not found anything that says that the Mario games take place in a certain order. Our our mutual friend uh, Nathaniel, who was my uh, roommate when we were in college, mm-hmm. um, had the only Mario game really that I have played since uh, the Nintendo Entertainment in, uh, System, which is Mario Sunshine, the game that is referred to here. Now I didn't get to the weird. Uh, interspecies lovemaking scenes that mm-hmm. this guy has either seen not, or imagined. I have, not, I have not played this game. I have not played this game, period. I the Hash uh, Browns Easter egg. Now, sure. I'll tell you what, what happens in this game because now my general understanding is that it's pretty consistent throughout the Mario universe that what happens in these games is Super Mario runs through a thing and jumps on a guy and makes him disappear. He's a bad guy. Or he sometimes he could get the fox tail and flyer again. My, Raccoon tail, sure. But. So this is the basic system of what's happening. They threw a real curveball for Mario Sunshine, which is there's graffiti or something throughout Mario Land, and Mario for some reason in this one he's like a fireman and he has a fireman hose and he has to spray the sunshine onto the walls and um, make the graffiti go away. But anyway, what's important is whenever you do what you're supposed to do, which is get this graffiti off with your fire hose or something like that, the screen, really big on the screen, it says, shine get. Hmm. And the point system is shines, shines, plural, more than one shine. And each time you get a shine... (laughs) The screen says, shine get. Sure. So that's my experience with Super Mario continuity. That's very funny. I haven't been able to stop thinking about shine gets yeah. since I was about a junior in college. I had an uncle in Brooklyn, old Uncle Shine Gets. <laughs> oh, yeah, Uncle Shine Gets. <laughs> um, we asked people. He was a cobbler, to... wasn't he? 
<laughs> we ask people to call in uh, when something momentous is happening to them. As I recall, this was a little bit borderline, but like I said, not that many calls to go through in the that have come in in the last 48 hours since we produced the last show. So we do what we can. Uh, if something momentous happens to you, give us a call at 206-984-4FUN, 206-984-4FUN, and tell us either as it's happening or in the immediate aftermath. And of course, please keep it pithy. Uh, we ask that you keep it pithy. I think this guy maybe didn't keep it pithy. I, I don't remember exactly. But, but the, well, the, the nerd cred points were so high that all is forgiven. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hi, Jordan, Jesse Go. I have a momentous occasion, or at least I thought it was. I live in uh, Hong Kong, and I was walking to the station one day, and I saw a, an old, older woman going into the station at the same time. And she had just want to describe what she looked like she had uh she was about i guess 60 or so she had this black uh, curly hair with those big kind of curls that uh you know you imagine that she had some curlers in overnight and shower cap on top of that a big cardigan with embroidered roses and uh, stuff like that on it some stirrup pants and those kind of shoes that nurses wear you know the really cushy ones in all white my mom calls them old folks' comforts. But then the momentous part was she had this T-shirt that had this big picture of Colonel Sanders on the front. So I thought, okay, well, she just bought it in one of the markets or whatever. But under that, in the uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken font, it said, chick fucker, on the diagonal. <laughs> oh, and good. so my question was, is she proclaiming herself a chicken fucker? Or is she making some political statement about Colonel Sanders, like this guy <laughs> really fucks over the chickens? It's a no. It's an interesting Isn't question. Maybe like a pita shirt. Yeah, yeah, right. Maybe it's and, a. It just says chicken fucker. <laughs> is yeah. it maybe her son's band? Look, I got to be honest <laughs> with you. I don't. I don't. I'm not the world's number one expert on pita, yeah. but I'm pretty sure they frown on chicken fucking. Yeah, but not of its kind. That's chicken, true. They, 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 there's this whole uh, chicken make love campaign. If yeah. the, if no, the chick, chickens, but if the chicken comes first, if you bed. make sure the chicken comes first, then Peta is on board with chicken. Not fucking. the egg. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I'm Shani Jardin, space princess. Space princess, it's, it's really been wonderful to have you on the program. It's been lovely and cuddly to be here with you. <laughs> a delight. Boys. A delight. Okay, so... Uh, I like your kind of local story time uh, host voice <laughs> you have there. Um, uh, I, I would like to share with our listeners. Sure. Um, if you happen to live in the Southern California area, um, uh, The Sound of Young America is putting on a big comedy show. Mm. Oh, wow. Uh, on Thursday, February 25th at Art Share in downtown LA, there is, by the way, I know that this is this being Los Angeles, I feel obliged to say there is free and ample parking. <laughs> um, but at Art Chair in downtown Los Angeles, uh, we're putting on this benefit show for this organization, Art Chair, that, that does um, free arts classes for uh, kids and teenagers. Um, and they're a really amazing organization. My wife's on the board. Um, a really great outfit. Uh, they also have they have a cool gallery space. They've got all this cool stuff going on. But we're putting on this comedy show that is a combination of a taping for The Sound of Young America and a benefit for uh, our chair. So we've got uh, Greg Barrett, uh, who's been a guest on this program, one of the funniest, sure. one of the funniest comics in America. Uh, we've got uh, Karen Kilgareth. 
who's been on this program. Uh, you might know her from Mr. Show. Uh, she was uh, the head writer of Ellen, a uh, super cool lady just in general. Um, Girls Guitar Club, you might know her from. Uh, we've got uh, James Adomian at this show. Uh, he has also been on this show in our controversial Gary Busey segment mm-hmm. uh, that people, where people felt like we had betrayed them because he was doing an absurd Gary Busey impression and people thought that we were trying to trick them into thinking that it was actually Gary Busey on our show, on our live show in Portland. Um, we've got... Uh, he's Nick, very funny. Yeah, he is. Say. He's fantastically funny. Yeah. We've got uh, Nick Adams, a oh, regular... Uh, uh, James Adomian, a very, very popular Huel Hauser impression uh, on the Comedy Death Ray podcast. Ah, uh, there you go. Yes, is, absolutely. Uh, nuts for. And he was uh, regularly, uh, he was regularly uh, featured on the Late Late Show with Craig Kilborn, a regular player on the uh, Late Late Show with Craig Kilborn. Craig Ferguson? Craig Ferguson. Um, which is not yes, Craig Ferguson. There sure. you go. Um, ten years ago, he was regularly featured on yeah. the Kilborn show. Um, and uh, Nick Adams, who is a regular on this show, uh, Holly Mills, a very funny uh, young comic here in Los Angeles. It's a really monstrous, uh, mega powerful. Oh, Donald Glover from Community on NBC and Derek Comedy. Uh, really super great show. It's only eight bucks, six bucks if you live in downtown LA. And uh, Thursday, February twenty fifth. All the details, and you can make reservations at maximumfun.org/slash/laughnight. Maximumfun.org/slash/laughnight. It's called The Sound of Young America Presents Laugh Night. Or you can just uh, click on it in the uh, uh, right hand bar in, uh, in the upcoming events area. Um, Jenny, of course, can be found at boingboing.net, and uh, uh, boingboing TV has its own standalone site. These days. Boingboingvideo.com or YouTube slash boingboingvideo. And you can watch all kinds of, uh, all kinds of various boingboing videos. Um, uh, you, you can, one of the boingboing videos has me pretending to be Jim Gray, the creator of Garfield. <laughs> Jim Davis. Jim Davis. <laughs> Shit, I am really. I'm, Jim Ferguson. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm running out of steam here. Uh, if, you've got, if you've got a thought about what Jordan should do, well, he's drinking during the day. Give us a call at 206-984-4-FUN. There was a- yeah, no, I think I'm going to try. I'm going to try and have a successful day drink here in the next, uh, in the next week or so. And, and report, I'll, I'll report back. report back, yeah. Hopefully um, before the next show. And if anybody has a, has, a, uh, has a suggestion for a nice daytime cocktail. And Jordan, I'm not going to say this person's name because I feel like it would only be encouraging them. Mm-hmm. But in hat contest news, yes. uh, we just got a new uh, – we're having a hat contest here on Jordan Jesse Go where we ask people to put on as many hats as they can at once um, and also do the most amazing hat work that they – it's called hat work in the hat community. Um, hat punk? Yeah, hat punk. <laughs> oh. If someone makes a wooden, if someone makes a wooden and brass hat, yeah, uh, with valves, that's going to be that's going to be a, a world champion. Valves. That's a challenge. Yeah. I'd like to see someone make a steampunk hat out there. Um, but hat punk, uh, we just got a picture of a man, um, a man who I will say I'm not going to say it's funny, but I will say that he doesn't have muscles. Is wearing nothing but a hat oh. over his business. Wow! He's covering his business with he's, a hat. He's not in the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> he he was hoping that it would be in the category of sexiest hat, which we had talked a little bit about. Sure. Um, we'll have to see. I mean, Jordan's Jordan's the steward of this. He has not yet seen this photo, but I'm oh. sure. As long as it was a top hat, not a yarmulke. If you yeah. get my drift. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Working blue consistently, we have been (laughs) Jordan Jesse Go. Oh, we'll see you next week right here on Jordan Jesse Go. (laughs) 